0: Amen. Amen. Thank you, worship team, for leading us to that place this morning. I do not know why that song is called Green Sleeves. Maybe that's the color of the onesie Jesus was wearing in the manger, had green sleeves. Let's go with it. Well, what a wonderful time of year it really is. We have stepped into this season of Advent, a season of celebrating the arrival of the Messiah. A season of rejoicing and at the same time a season again of anticipation. Because we stand here in the fulfillment of the promise given all the way back in the garden to Adam and Eve and then to Abraham of this one that was to come. That they would not see, that they would just believe, and they and all of their descendants for thousands of years believed, and trusted and followed, and failed and stumbled, but kept forward in the promise until the advent of Jesus, and just like them then, as he has promised to come back, we celebrate And we wait. It's a crazy thing to believe, really, but we stand on far more than our ancient brothers and sisters ever did. Because after all they waited through and had these words that were given many, many centuries even before, He did come. Unbelievably, impossibly, all-powerfully, He came. And so we know He will come again. An incredible season. And an important one, not just in reverence and worship of the God who came to save us, who kept his promise and pursued us right through death to the other side to bring us life eternal, but as a witness and guarantee of the promise that he will come back just as he said, that we do not hope in vain, that there is a gospel and a promise and a real hope that he is who he said he is and he is enough that everything he said for all those centuries and all those through all those prophets is real and that we are called to call others to him too the season is everything It's the foundation of our journey and the announcement of the kingdom of God here on earth. It's big, it's important, it's heavy, and it's serious. And it's just fun. It's fun to taste and see the kingdom, what it means to connect together in joy and worship. In giving gifts as a reflection of His love to us shared with one another. Spending that time slowing down. Celebrating and enjoying fellowship in the Spirit. For all the ways the season has been commercialized and manipulated It still feels amazing to see our whole community come together. We put up these decorations on the light posts and all these different activities happening around. Even if the truth isn't always seen and known through all of it, there's at least an effort made towards unity and connection. The impact is there. The power of the kingdom of God is at work, even if it isn't always known and acknowledged as we celebrate the Advent together. It's exciting. It's powerful. It's wonderful. And to be able to share and enjoy in it together is such a gift. I love this season and all that it means. And I am so excited to be able to walk through that together here, remembering and hoping in the fulfillment of God's promises. This year we've been exploring our theme of sacred presence, spiritual presence, what it means that we are called to be these ambassadors for the kingdom of God, this royal priesthood sent to serve as a connection for our world to Almighty God. A holy nation meant to live as an example of the power and nature of the kingdom of heaven here on earth. We are His people. Called and set apart to show others the way. To bring the presence of God to them. And here in this season of Advent, we are given the reason why. That God first came to us. That His kingdom first came to us. And that we live in His power and His example first. That Jesus is what we were waiting for and what the world still needs today. And reminding them, sharing with them the promises that Jesus holds for us still. And so this Advent season we're walking through The prophecy of Isaiah, found in Isaiah chapter 9. We're going to back up just a little bit this morning into chapter 8, because Isaiah is declaring in these verses exactly what God has been speaking to us this year, too, about our mission and purpose and calling. Isaiah chapter 8, verse 11. Look what he says here. This is what the Lord says to me. With his strong hand upon me, warning me not to follow the way of this people. Do not call conspiracy everything this people calls a conspiracy. Do not fear what they fear. Do not dread it. The Lord Almighty is the one you are to regard as holy, He is the one you are to fear, He is the one you are to dread. He will be a holy place for both Israel and Judah. He will be a stone that causes people to stumble and a rock that makes them fall. For the people of Jerusalem, he will be a trap and a, a snare. Many of them will stumble. They will fall and be broken. They will be snared and captured. Bind up this testimony of warning and seal up God's instruction among my disciples. I will wait for the Lord who is hiding His face from the descendants of Jacob. I will put my trust in Him. Here am I and the children the Lord has given me. We are signs and symbols in Israel from the Lord Almighty who dwells on Mount Zion. Look at this word. We are signs and symbols from the Lord Almighty. In this passage, speaking about the power and authority of God, about the coming of his Messiah, Isaiah stands and declares that he is here as a witness. Exactly as Jesus has called us to be. His church, his followers to be. We have the testimony of the Spirit of God, the word of the gospel and the witness of His presence and we are called to bring that forth for all to see. That the whole world can know what God has done for them. He continues. He sees what this world will do, how people will respond looking everywhere and anywhere for answers except for God. When someone tells you to consult mediums and spiritists who whisper and mutter, should not a people inquire of their God? Why consult the dead on behalf of the living? Consult God's instruction and the testimony of warning. If anyone does not speak according to this word, they have no light of dawn. Distressed and hungry, they will roam through the land. When they are famished, they will become enraged. And looking upward will curse their king and their God. They will look toward the earth and see only distress and darkness and fearful gloom. And they will be thrust into utter darkness. People will look Anywhere, seek answers anywhere, and they will ignore God. And when they do, and when their life falls further, and the world falls further into chaos, they will curse God and fall even further into despair. When hope was there the whole time, hope and salvation for anyone. And so he continues... For burning will be fuel for the fire. For to us a child is born. To us a son is given. And the government will be on His shoulders. And He will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Of the greatness of His government and peace, there will be no end. He will reign on David's throne and over His kingdom, establishing and upholding it with justice and righteousness from that time on and forever. The zeal of the Lord Almighty will accomplish this. Amen and amen and amen. To this we bear witness. Standing with Isaiah and Elijah and all the others that our God is real and He is alive. And He has fulfilled His promises and He has promised more to come. That Jesus is here, our wonderful Counselor, our mighty God, our everlasting Father, the Prince of Peace. He holds all of these things. And we need to know and understand what they are, what He means. So that as we bear witness as signs and symbols in the legacy of Isaiah of what God has done, we can stand with confidence and speak with boldness of who Jesus is. To a world that needs to hear it. And so last week, Pastor Scott began with this title of Wonderful Counselor. Looking at the role and nature of Jesus as our witness and our teacher, that He sees and knows us, that He understands our hurts and our needs. He sees what we were created to be and has revealed to us the teachings of God, the instructions for life, the wisdom of the eternal. His plan and purpose and nature, teaching us to live and what to do, what this all means. He counsels us in our journey, giving us direction and correction and helping us to see the way we're meant to go. To help us follow Him. And today we come to the second of these titles that Isaiah revealed to us that this child who would be born, this son that would be given, on whose shoulders the whole of government and leadership and authority would rest would be called Mighty God. What a title. What a word. What a powerful truth. This child announced by an army of angels in the sky. A secret revealed by the stars themselves, the universe aligning itself to declare that Almighty God was born to us. I get pretty excited to teach the Word of God. I think that probably comes through a little bit. My children make fun of me when I do, you know, they tell me I yell into the microphone too much. You need to stop yelling, Daddy. You have a microphone. Why do you even have it? And that's a fair question, perhaps. At the decorating night a couple of weeks ago, they were very excited and they invited me into the sanctuary. They had to show me something. And they ran onto the stage and grabbed one of the mics and said, we're going to be you. And they just yelled incoherently into the microphone. (laughs) Kids are mean. (laughs) But I love teaching the Word of God. I had to study and learn and share what God is teaching me. But some things I get more excited about than others. I'm always, you know, my minimum excitement level is pretty high. It's all exciting. Because God's Word is incredible. It's all my favorite because how can it not be? But this series gets me so excited because we just get to sit here together And declare truth about Jesus for the next few weeks. The things he has told us about himself. And as we look here today at what it means that he is almighty God. This highest of titles that the spirit revealed to the prophet Isaiah. I hope you don't mind but we're basically just going to read a ton of scripture today celebrating and worshiping who Jesus is, what he has said about himself, that he should be called mighty God. Colossians chapter 1, verses 15 to 20. I remember memorizing this passage when I was with YWAM in South Africa. We were in our billet house one evening and I was reading through the epistles and this passage just leapt out at me and it's been burned in my mind ever since. And I think about this passage perhaps more than any other in Scripture, this powerful word declaring who Jesus is. Colossians 1.15, Paul says, He is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn over all creation. For in Him all things were created, things in heaven and on earth. Visible and invisible, whether thrones or powers or rulers or authorities, all things have been created by him and for him. He is before all things, and in him all things hold together. And he is the head of the body, the church, the beginning and the firstborn from among the dead, so that in everything he might have the supremacy. For God was pleased to have all his fullness dwell in him and through him to reconcile to himself all things, whether things on earth or things in heaven, by making peace through his blood shed on the cross. He is first. He is last. He is creator. He is savior. He is supreme. What a mighty God we serve. And all of that was there lying in that manger. All of that was born to walk here with us, knowing hunger and cold. Feeling hurt and exhaustion. And bringing love and hope and revealing truth. Revealing God to us. No matter how dark things get, it cannot overcome who Jesus is. He is before. He is uncreated. He is all-powerful. He is life itself. Light driving out darkness, bringing truth and hope and declaring victory. Jesus is almighty God. Again, he says in Hebrews chapter 1, the sun is the radiance of God's glory and the exact representation of his being, sustaining all things by his powerful word. He is the word and his word is absolute. His word sustains the universe itself and all there is. He has spoken existence into existence and it is by His will alone that anything is. This is the power of Jesus. A baby born in a manger who got tired and hungry in the desert, who got scared in the garden, who felt sadness when his friend died. Almighty God, who knows us completely and understands our need. He loves us and sees us and has always been faithful. He has declared His intention from the beginning and has prophesied and promised what He would do. Isaiah 44, this is what the Lord says, Israel's King and Redeemer, the Lord Almighty I am the first and I am the last. Apart from me, there is no God. Who then is like me? Let him proclaim it. Let him declare and lay out before me what has happened since I established my covenant with my ancient people. What is yet to come. Yes, let them foretell what is to come. Do not tremble. Do not be afraid. Did I not proclaim this and foretell it long ago? You are my witnesses. Is there any God besides me? No, there is no other rock. I know not one. He built the past and he knows the future. All things move according to his will and nothing He allows, is outside His power and control. He sees us and knows us and has created us to be with Him. And so He came to be with us. Isaiah chapter 7, Therefore the Lord Himself will give you a sign. The virgin will conceive and give birth to a son and will call His name Emmanuel, which means God with us. Jesus is God with us. Jesus knows all, sees all, and is present always. He has always known and has complete control. His plan is perfect and his path is straight, leading all who would follow into freedom and forgiveness and truth and life. And he is here. With us, with you. He wants you to know Him. He is inviting you to trust Him, to love Him as He loves you, to let Him build you back into what He created you to be, to restore you and bring you into His kingdom, safe and secure cared for and protected under His perfect rule forever, free to be what we were always meant to be for eternity. He has given us visions, pictures of what that will be, of what that truly is. He came as a baby and lived as a human, but He is our mighty God who takes away the sins of the world. Daniel chapter 7, in my vision at night I looked and there before me was one like a son of man coming with the clouds of heaven. He approached the ancient of days and was led into his presence. He was given authority, glory, and sovereign power. All nations and peoples of every language worshipped him. His dominion is an everlasting dominion that will not pass away. And his kingdom is one that will never be destroyed. This is the God we serve. This is who Jesus is and what He has done. He is the Word. He is the beginning and the end. And He died for you to bring you life. Jesus was born and lived and died and rose again. And we read the stories of His life. We read the things that He taught. We see the love and compassion and grace and mercy that He lived. The gentleness and care and compassion that he showed. How he accepted people that others rejected. And brought in close those that we would push away. He turned the world on its head. He literally overturned tables and tried to show us what he meant for all of this, all of life to be he invited people to follow, to submit, to repent and accept his offer of forgiveness and eternal life. But for all his work as a servant and coming as a baby, we can never lose sight of what he truly is. He is gentle and loving. He is patient and kind, but he is holy. Perfect, unyielding, and unchanging. And while He allows everything to go as we are choosing now, allowing sin and suffering and all of the things that we bring upon ourselves in our selfishness, we can never lose sight of the fact that He is Almighty God and He is the beginning. He is the end and He has said it is finished. And at the end of all things, He is. Revelation chapter 19, I saw heaven standing open. And there before me was a white horse whose rider is called faithful and true. With justice He judges and wages war. Coming out of his mouth is a sharp sword with which to strike down the nations. He will rule with an iron scepter. He treads the winepress of the fury of the wrath of God Almighty. On his robe and on his thigh he has the name written, King of Kings and Lord of Lords. Look, I am coming soon, he says. Blessed is the one who keeps the words of the prophecy written in the scroll. My reward is with me, and I will give to each person according to what they have done. I am the Alpha and the Omega, the first and the last, the beginning and the end. Amen, amen, amen. Amen. All of this was present there in the manger. In that stable. Lying there. Almighty God. The King of Kings. The Lord of Lords. The Alpha and the Omega. Our creator and sustainer. The author of life. Loved us so much. That he came here. To be born for us. To live with us. To teach us. And show us love. And then to pay the price for our sin that we can be with him in his kingdom. Loved and cared for and sustained and enjoying his presence forever. Jesus is mighty God. And he came here for you. If we really believe these things, these things we've read here this morning, what does it mean then to follow him? If this is who he is, what is enough? What do we have to fear? We have nothing to fear and everything to share. Almighty God will provide for you. Go and build his kingdom. Share his love. Spread his gospel. Make disciples and show others the way to him. Because He died for them too. What a wonderful season, this season of Advent. And as we continue through it this morning, we come to a time of communion. Celebrating and remembering what our mighty God has done for us. Seeing that this King of Kings and Lord of Lords allowed His body to be broken for us. Allowed his blood to be spilled for us because he is not a tyrant, he is God. and He has called us friends. This morning we have our crosses set up around the room. And in a moment we're going to pray together and we'll invite you to come to one of these crosses. To come as an individual or with friends or with family and to take these elements and pray together, take them at your seat together to worship and recognize that our mighty God was willing to come and die for us he is holy, he is complete, he doesn't need us but when we were in sin and lost he chose to come and save us and so he invites us to follow and live in the reality of his love and power in the promises that he has given us together. If you're not able to make your way to one of the crosses, uh, Ed will take the elements to you. You can just flag him down, he would love to bring those to you. But let's pray together as we celebrate communion this morning. Father God, you are mighty, you are love, you are all powerful, you are present everywhere. And you are enough. We thank you for your word. That we can declare these things together. That you have revealed to us. Who you are. That we can know and follow. And we thank you for this example of Jesus. These elements that represent. His body broken for us. His blood spilled for us. Paying the price. And taking the punishment. That we could never afford on our own giving us freedom, offering us forgiveness, and bringing us into eternal life with you. God, you are amazing. You are everything. We love you and we trust you and we invite your forgiveness and correction that we can follow you in fullness. As we take this time together this morning now, we pray that you would speak, God, that your spirit would move, that we would be led deeper into forgiveness and correction, that we can follow you more closely. In Jesus' name, amen. I invite you to come as you feel led.